In a world where full-length motion pictures exist, two men have the power to navigate their stories. Join Jeff and Michael as they attempt to recall some of their favorite movie memories. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Movie Memories Podcast, hosted by myself, Michael, and Jeff. That's right. Michael and I are going to challenge each other each week to recall our favorite movies from memory. It won't be a movie we've seen recently, and we won't know the movie ahead of time. Then we'll go rewatch the movie, talk about parts that we missed, talk about our favorite parts, and maybe even talk about things that we didn't know beforehand. So sit back, relax, and see if you can rise to the challenge. All right. Uh, I think I told you uh, I, I've watched like three movies just recently and not necessarily in preparation of challenging you, but I was just watching movies. And I told you one of the ones I watched, which was Inception. So I'm not going to challenge you to that, which we haven't done that yet. Did we? No. Mm-mm. No. OK. Did Prestige um, and. That may have been the only the only movie we we've haven't done. we haven't done a Batman one, have we? Uh. Uh-uh. We haven't done Interstellar yet? No. No. Oh, interesting. But anyway, but uh, so I'm not challenging you to that, but I'm going to challenge you to something maybe a lot harder. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that because I think you've seen it enough that you're going to have memory of it, but it's um, a genre we haven't done a whole lot of. I think we're just peppering in a little bit more. So I'm just going to give you a quote. You might get it right off the bat because a lot of this movie is very quotable. Okay. (laughs) The the dialogue is very, uh, very much a part of the movie. Okay. Uh, I guess when it comes down to a simple choice, or I guess it comes down to a simple choice, really get busy living or get busy dying. Oh my God. I have a couple other quotes loaded. Or do you know it? Did it just come to you? It didn't come to me, but like, it's one of those quotes. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's right there. And it could be from other stuff, because that's I feel like that's something that people say. Get busy living or get busy dying. Uh, Give me another one. Okay. Yeah. The funny thing is, on the outside, I was an honest man, straight as an arrow. I had to come to prison to be a crook. I made it worse. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it made it worse. To be a crook. Was this Shawshank? It is Shawshank Redemption. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I was trying to think of the prison movies we have. I think they're like really just two. <laughs> it was that one in Great Mile. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> afraid that the, the prison was going to you know, send you down that like, oh yeah, it's something, uh, something about oh boy. Yep, the Shawshank Redemption. This is a big one with Andy Dufresne. Andy Dufresne <laughs> and Red and Red, and that's all I got. Yeah, Andy <laughs> and Red and the the old a guy. A bunch of other prisoners. Brooks. That's that was Brooks. Brooks. Yeah, Brooks was here. Yeah. Um, tons of people in this movie. Yeah, all sorts of different people. Stephen King wrote this. Which, yeah, which I, I've never read it. And neither I just, have I. But I don't know. Like it's weird, you know. You just expect like thrillers and yeah, scary stuff. And, he has a weird obsession with prisons. I don't know. Yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah. Um, Shawshank Redemption. Andy Dufresne. Yeah, I always wondered if there's like a more mystical aspect to reading the book. Like if there's just something a bit more spiritual about it or something that made it, you know, more Stephen King. Um, Any who's yeah. I just know, like, I feel like it's in the same universe as all of of his books because he has the the Dark Tower series and how all of his books kind of relate to it. I haven't read the Dark Tower series. Meaning I haven't read Last Stand. I haven't read a lot. I haven't of even watched. Like, I didn't watch the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His anthology books. I haven't read them. Read okay. The Shining, but I. Uh, and the Institute and Dreamcatcher. Yeah. 
Dreamcatcher. <laughs> but like Shawshank is so good as a movie. Mm-hmm. Really is. What? I want to know how much of it was him and how much of it was Frank Darabont. Yeah. Because he's a good director. He is a good director. The Stephen King movies. And um, I mean, and it helped, like you said, there's a bunch of good people in this, but the actors are. Yeah. There's the only person. I mean, we'll, we can talk about it later, but the only person I really don't think is like that great of an actor in this movie is Tim Robbins. He's not. He's not bad, but you know what I mean. Like, he's there's something about him that's this. under. No. Yes, he's yeah, very yeah, underwhelming mm-hmm. compared to everybody else. Very underwhelming. I think that's part of his character, the draw of the character, because yeah. you don't expect anything from him. Yeah, really. Right. 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 And that's why it's like in a crazy story because you always think of the people that like have all this character and like life mm. experience and stuff, and then it's just the blandest man. Yep. <laughs> He's just got to get out. He's got to get out. Yeah. Changes the whole prison. Yeah. Anyway. He does. I, I mean, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, Andrew Dufresne, Shawshank Redemption. Yes. He, uh, so the beginning is kind of weird. Isn't it just like a a weird montagery kind of thing? It's not yeah. really a montage, but it's not, it doesn't feel like a full. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a fully fleshed, uh, fully fleshed narrative. scenes. They're yeah. like, yeah, it's. I think it's a gloss over of the scene of the crime that yes. he supposedly did. Mm-hmm. There's a brief moment in the court. Yep. When he's sentenced. Yes. And then right into the prison. Yeah. Right. And you hear a lot of uh, red giving the narration. Like yeah, Morgan Freeman. And the, I was gonna say. Even I just I just watched this like literally Thursday. I watched it, and it's a long he, movie. To- <laughs> yeah, and he, even I I it's funny towards the end of the movie, even though it's totally entertaining, I was like, man, I forgot how long this thing is. Yeah. It's like can we get over with it, or, you know, get it over with. Um, anyway, but even just watching on Thursday, it's hard for me to remember every time Red has a narration part. So yeah. I, I thought you were going to remember, remember like, yeah. No, 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 no. Every point in which I, he gives something. I kind of remember the big swings, maybe, yeah. in the movie. Right. Um, I remember him getting there. It's like he comes he, in with every plot point. Yes, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, every plot point, every important thing you need to know about his character. Yeah. Um, Like, Annie Dufresne, uh, like every other man in there, uh, something like Everyone says they're innocent. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's what he says. And Andy was no different. Everyone thought he killed his wife. So we just assumed he killed his wife. Yeah. And uh, he comes in there with a line of guys. I remember yes. they talk about the first night. There's there's always one guy that doesn't make it or yeah. like can't handle it. This guy cries a lot. Don't they take him out of the cell and beat him to death? Yeah. Like that's the, not intentional, but they beat him. The main guard. Yes. Yeah, they beat him and he ends up dying. After all the prisoners were like egging him on. Yeah. Yeah. Because they all took a bet on who would cry right. first. Yeah, who who would uh who'd crack. Yeah. That happens and then shortly after uh there's that guy from uh from Aliens and the Departed. Aliens uh, and the Departed. Plays Drake. He's the one that actually goes after Andy and starts raping him. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark Rolston. His name's Boggs. Boggs. Yeah. yeah. That's that's almost part like of, part immediately of the, after that, right? Part of the sisters gang. Uh, Yes, kind of. Yeah. Um, You're on the right track. Yeah, because I remember his the early years in prison with him are terrible. Like, at least yes. the first couple months are horrible. Red is kind of a friend but also like not yet not you know. really a friend like he's just this is how it is man you either get get with it or you don't yeah um Boggs does the thing with Andy every once in a while uh and he just kind of walks around the yard and I think Red talks about that for a minute like how mm-hmm. he doesn't seem to along with any crowd i don't know i'm probably yeah, reading into you're, it too you're much. right no there is a um, there's literally a little tiny 
spot in which he says like Andy wasn't a lo- like everybody around around him. Yeah. He seemed to like strut and walk through the courtyard like as if he doesn't have a care in the world. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um there were times when okay. All right. So <laughs> Red can get you things. He's very good at uh like the lo- the economy, the prison economy mm-hmm. of getting things around. Right. If you want something, he can get it for you. Trade, blah, blah, blah. I don't remember exactly what it is, but Bob's Boggs is the problem. And Andy knows how to like help with something. I think they're the roof is caving in and they have to tar the roof. Okay. And he uh makes a deal with the guard to like help him with his taxes, I think. Yeah, yeah. And for doing that, um, they give everyone like a case of beer. Like or they share a case of beer yeah. on the roof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the guards see his value and they keep bogs from like messing with him anymore. Am I right? You I are like I'm missing a piece. No, you're you're getting I know the- at one point Boggs gets the crap beat out of him yes he does he ends up in the infirmary and then is never seen again mm-hmm. that's kind of yeah, what happens yeah and and you're right it's after that scene after the tarring job yeah, after, after the tarring. he helps him with the taxes and it kind of goes into he starts help the other guards with taxes and then he gets attacked one more time and he right. almost gets in and he goes to the infirmary and, and then okay. They take okay. bogs. Yeah, they, they take, take bogs out. out. Yeah. All right. So that happens. Does the the taxes for them? Mm-hmm. I. Uh, this is where it gets fuzzy because I know. Yeah, there's a little he bit. Makes, of... He makes the school happen at one point to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> to help with all the other prisoners, and then there are new prisoners that come, and then that kid's there. He helps him with his schoolwork. Before that, though, I think after the guards, um, the warden hears about it, and the mm-hmm. warden wants his help mm-hmm. to, like, quote unquote, cook the books a little bit. Yeah, because there's a, I mean, there's a lot of storytelling in the middle part of this movie. Yes, and, and I don't. And, <laughs> like I'm but, trying to remember the and, like the meat of that, and I can't. But he is just. The warden takes advantage of like this new program where he can use prison labor for Uh, like contracting jobs. Right. And so he's like undercutting everybody. Um, and since the labor is so cheap, he doesn't have to pay like the prisoners, Mm -hmm. like almost anything. He pockets the rest of the money and he gets Andy to do that for him. Right. There's a whole scene where, uh, they find the what was the or what is the library and Brooks is working there and he has his crow. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they renovate that whole thing after he keeps sending letters. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly where he sends it to. To the state uh, Senate. To the state Senate. Yeah. Uh, so that they'll grant them a certain amount of money to get more books and mm-hmm. to renovate the library. It works after, I don't know, it seemed like a year's work worth of letters. Yeah. Finally, they do that. Renovates that. Uh, he teaches everyone. Like he helps people with their uh, high school diplomas. He helps with taxes. Mm-hmm. He changes everything. There's a moment when I think he's helping the warden or somebody, and he locks himself in that room. Yeah, and he plays the music over the intercom like, yeah. to the whole prison. And pisses right. off everyone. Yes, he does. <laughs> They're trying to break in, and he ends up going into the hole, the shoe, yes. the solitary confinement. And uh, that's when Red's like, "No one knows why he did it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, there's a couple narrations there, like that. Yeah, like but, yeah. he was in there for however many days, week, yeah, two weeks. Uh, that happens. Then the kid with the high school diploma thing, like he goes back to school. He finishes the, the test. I don't remember if he completes it or not. Mm-hmm. 
finishes the test, and he has this piece of information about uh, Andy and whether he's innocent or not. Correct. Because he was at a different prison, and he talked about this guy that confessed yes. to his wife's murder. And he finds out th- about this, and he wants to use him as a witness to like reopen his case, mm-hmm. try and get out. The warden finds out. He's like, no, he's too important to what mm-hmm. I'm doing. So he has the the head guard basically shoot him in the middle of the yeah. night under a light. Yeah. <laughs> Witnesses? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So kills the kid. Andy realizes he's not getting out. And I think that's when he decide when he starts to actually like make an effort to yes. uh that's right, he gets the damn tools earlier. Shit, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were on the right track when you were talking about like red and his job, his role yeah, yeah, yeah. in prison. Yeah. He has a thing about rocks and minerals and stones and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're minerals. Um <laughs> my minerals. Yeah, they're minerals. Uh he works at his chiseling his wall like the wall of his cell yeah and he constantly gets new posters to cover the, the hole he's creating yeah which he you works don't at night until, yeah yeah the big reveal you don't know yeah. until the reveal but he makes it a pattern so it doesn't seem unusual mm-hmm. you know and he chills his way at night he takes the dirt with him to the yard and when he's just walking around he's dumping it yeah as he's walking no one thinks of that. Like that's when yeah. Red says he's like strutting around all the time. Yeah. Um he makes some like uh chess figures with mm-hmm. stones to try and give an excuse for using the tools he has. Yeah. And I think it starts out like that. Yeah. Like, like it starts out as a uh a hobby. Truly or... a hobby that he had. Mm-hmm. Right. And he realizes he can use those tools. Yeah. Uh, but you don't like, I'm trying to remember when he decides to take the step. It has to do with the warden and switching out his book mm-hmm. because he creates this fake persona yes. to dump money into. And, uh, he tells red about it. Kind of, mm-hmm. he tells, he tells, tells him, him everything. He tells him about that. He doesn't tell him the plan his plan to escape. Yeah. But he, tells but he him does about, tell him about the books and the person that mm-hmm. he created because that's what that quote came from. He's like, it's funny. I had to, I was a straight and straight as an arrow, innocent man on the outside. And I had to come to prison to become a crook. Yeah. It's in that scene that he's telling Red, like, there's no way they can trace it back to me or the warden. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's a figment. Right. Yeah. Um, Tells Red about that. Red does. I don't remember who the tree belongs to. Is it Red or is it Andy? Talks about the tree at the end. Of Andy the, tells him about the, the stone wall. Yes. Andy tells him that. Andy tells him about that. Yeah. So he tells him to go tree. out there. If he ever gets out there, go there. 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 Go there. Yeah. Right. Um. So he switches out the warden's book. Hmm. I'm trying to remember why. It had to do with the, like the evidence mm-hmm. or something, yeah. yeah. Right, and he mails that. That's right. That's how the police find out. He yeah. mails the original to yes. the police. He makes the a copy, copy so the warden. Yeah, yeah. The copy is so the warden doesn't get ahead of it. Right. Um. That same day, he gets like a bag of clean shoes, some clothes from mm-hmm. the warden's office. He has him in a bag, ties him up with rope, and he waits until there's a storm. Storm yeah. happens. He goes into the tunnel he created. He has to break into the sewage pipe in order to get Ugh. out of the prison. So he waits for the lightning, right. the thunder, to cover his hammers, mm-hmm. his hammer strikes, which, like, you know, the amount of time a storm is around i don't think would be enough time to get through lead or i don't know what the yeah because it's like it like breaks and i guess maybe if you're on the assumption it's under pressure and it's old and yeah yeah. maybe if it was corroded enough right you knew that 
you think that he didn't have to hit it too many times. So he does that. He breaks in, goes through the the shit of all the prisoners there. 500 yards. Yeah, he he gets through that. He breaks through the the ground, comes out with the rain, and the rain's falling on him. He's got his arms spread out. That's that famous scene. Yeah, he's washed, feeling the rain on his skin. Yeah, Yeah, feeling the rain on his skin. Uh, And then he disappears. Mm Mm-hmm. Like a ghost in the night. Yes. There's a there's a whole other thing about Brooks and him mm-hmm. leaving the prison because he gets let go. He served his time. Yes. But he's he's so old he can't really find work. I mean, they give him a place. Yeah. He's a grocer. Like he fills bags for people. But who the heck wants to do that? Like mm-hmm. he talks about wanting to commit crimes just to go right. back to prison. Yes. And he, he just keeps looking around. He's like, well, he wants to do this. He wants to. Does he talk about stealing and possibly committing murder? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, his boss or something like that. At the yeah. grocery store. Yeah. His grocery store. Yeah. But then he's then he thinks to himself, why continue mm-hmm. like with this? So he basically commits suicide at the place that the that's like a halfway house, yeah. I guess. Prisoners. Yep. And uh, he inscribes on the ceiling. Brooks was here. Later, you see Red, and throughout the movie, Red constantly goes to the parole board and tries to convince them to let him go. Every 10 years. Yeah, every 10 years. And each time, he's denied. Yeah. And finally, at the end, he's like, I just don't give a shit. (laughs) Or something to that effect. I always wait for that line, because I love hearing him say it. Yeah. Um, And then they're like, that's all we wanted to hear you say, but <laughs> they grant him, you know. Yeah, he told the truth because every other time he was saying what they wanted to hear. Yeah, and then exactly. the final time he was like, "Uh, what is what does rehabilitated even mean? You know, it's yeah. just a word. It's just this." And he said, "So either let me go or don't, but quit wasting my time." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they let him go, and he ends up in the same room Brooks was in. He sees yes. it on the ceiling, like Brooks was here. Uh, and he ends up with the same job. Mm-hmm. He hates it same way Brooks did. And at some point, he decides to uh, leave and go to that tree. Yeah. He goes to the tree. He finds a box buried, like under a stone near the yeah. base of the tree. I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pulls it out. He opens it up. And he had left a letter. I don't know if he left any money. Just a letter. Just a letter saying to go to blank. It's either Mexico or California. I think it's Mexico, Mm -hmm. the coast of Mexico on the west side. And Morgan Freeman goes. And then he meets Andy just right there on the shore, just sanding a boat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, you see, he invites them down there and tells them, like, I was wondering, uh, I hope you come down and help me with a project I have. And yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And the whole time, all the, Morgan Freeman's narrating through all yeah. of this. And because Andy's so good with money, he managed to scrape a lot of money from the mm-hmm. warden and his illegal, you know, uh, right. stuff. So that's the movie. Yeah. Really abridged version. <laughs> that's what, I was going to say, it's very <laughs> abridged. I know we'll talk about a lot of the, like, after you watch it again, we'll yeah. talk about some of, like, the big scenes and stuff like that, but yeah, that's that's that is in the nutshell. That is the movie. Yeah, it's all the highlights essentially. Yeah, I'm trying Those to remember major the major plot points. The non highlights. <laughs> it's it's all just drawn out. It is of the the stuff you were talking about. Like, there's he's in prison for like 14 years. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets the rock hammer like within the first few weeks. Yeah, of getting there. And it's not clear in the movie if he's immediately starting to work on it. But Red does say this line because when he's first asking about getting him the hammer, I remember good luck chiseling through there, you know, and when he sees the hammer, he's like, it'll take you, you know, 100 years or something like that or 500 years to chisel through these walls with this little hammer. So I'm not worried about it. But then he says at the end of the movie when he's explaining what Andy did. He does say, like, I told Andy it would take him 100 years, but it did take him 14. So Mm -hmm. 
it's almost like it's telling you that he did start from the beginning, like he was already trying to get out or the other way it tells you is like you said, there's a breaking point. And then that's yeah. when Andy decides like the warden's never going to let me leave here. So I'm going to have to escape. At least in his, the way he thinks about the prison definitely yeah. changes after that kid dies. Yes. Um, Cause he was in the hole. Like when Andy tries to beg for the warden to let him try to convince so-and-so to open back the case back up and uh -huh. do all this. Um, he offends the warden, warden calls him obtuse. And then <laughs> the warden gets pissed and throws him in the, in the hole for a month. And when he comes out, the kid had been murdered. And, yeah. Yeah. Ah, man. But yeah, you, you hit all the highlights. It's just a lot of exposition and storytelling of those plot points. Yeah. Him getting more books and funding him helping people with their education. Um, all imagine of that. The, imagine if they cut out a lot of that. I'm trying to think of how they would. Because this is such a drama filled and emotion filled yeah. movie. I don't think it would feel the same mm -mm. for sure. No, it could still tell the same story, but you would not feel it in your chest. Like there are scenes in there. It always chokes me up. The Brooks scene yeah, when he gets Brooks. out. It always makes me so sad. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like his life's over. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to say, well, you have freedom. It's like, yeah, but what, what of it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's real sad. Yeah. And he's narrating a letter through the whole thing that yes, he wrote right. to the guys in prison. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Real sad. Um, but yeah, that's a Shawshank Redemption. It's, it's pretty good. <laughs> there, there are several actors in this that follow Frank Darabont. Uh, through yeah to the other movies he does like Green Mile and uh, Mist. Uh, I'm trying to remember who they are, especially Mist. They're they're a couple people. Wasn't that guy William Sadler, the guy who plays yes. Haywood with the little studler stutter? Like he I think so. Yeah, he plays in a lot of his movies. He's a if it's a if it's a person I'm thinking of that you're thinking of. I know I've heard his name before. Uh huh. Is he not the villain from Die Hard 2? I'm pretty sure he is. And he's also, oh, he also plays Death in uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> yeah, yes, that is him. Yes, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah crazy yeah. actor. He, put, he just mm -hmm. is everywhere and you're like, yeah. is that him? Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, I like him. And Clancy Brown, the guy who plays the Exactly. Chief. Yeah. And uh, the drill sergeant from starship troopers yeah. yeah yes he's good but yeah he's a son of a bitch in this movie oh yeah you hate him definitely no redeeming qualities so yeah yeah shawshank i i'm looking at the timer i'm like only 30 minutes <laughs> <laughs> well that's good we have plenty of time to talk about uh, the movie because this is that type of movie where there's a you, lot if you like it and you like yeah. emotional movies and it's it is one that you could talk about for a while because it's heavy hitting for sure it is heavy i and, wish i had like more to remember to recall yeah it's just and when we when you rewatch it you are forced i mean you do kind of like end up looking at um oh yeah was were they trying to tell us that he was doing this or were they trying to tell us you like you mentioned the strutting around the courtyard mm -hmm. was he already dumping rocks at that point and all that stuff it gives you a little bit of room for speculation on how it yep. happened yep yeah and just how like how far he was willing to go how he kept a lot of that close to his chest and mm -hmm. no one thought anything of it yeah it's a movie about because they make a point of pointing it out i make a point of pointing it out um, <laughs> they they make a point about it it's a movie about like hope you know, yeah. his character never loses hope that he could. Something good is going to happen. Like that he still has good in him. He's innocent. You know, something is going to come out of this. Um, and then when his hope is broken down, that's whenever he decides, well, I guess I've got to get out of here. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Get busy living or get busy dying. Busy dying. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And 
or, you know, his attitude changes. I mean, you'll see, but you mentioned it like that breaking point where he's like, okay, I guess I got to escape. His attitude changes and everyone's worried that he's going to kill himself. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Cause he's yeah, so yeah, yeah. upset and he's talking about, you know, not having any more hope and telling red, like, if you ever get out of here, do me a favor, go do this. And that's the other thing is the, the bed checks. That's right. The, they come in to check the rooms all the time. Yeah. And they knock everything down. And then when he's finally, he finally disappeared, they're in his room. They can't <laughs> figure out how he just disappeared. They yeah. don't understand it. And then he picks up one of the figurines from the chessboard mm -hmm. and he throws it at the poster because he's pissed off. Yep. It goes and it right goes through. through and you can hear it like clinking as yes. it just goes down the, yeah. the hole. And that's when the narration starts and Yes. Uh, Red tells how it all happened. Yeah. That's a yeah. great scene, too. Yeah. Doesn't Red uh, talk about uh, the shoes he was wearing mm -hmm. on his way back? Yes. Yeah. Because every thing. Yeah. That every night uh, when he was done doing the books for the warden, yeah. the warden would say, shine my shoes and press my clothes and all that and take it for me. And so he just stole his suit and wore it underneath his. A denim suit and then he wore his shoes to his Tim cell. Robbins is a tall man <laughs> yes <laughs> he's yeah. like isn't he 6'5 I think he's your height yeah he's tall uh, and he whenever he walks the through, short <laughs> yes <laughs> you know when he shows him going from bank to bank and draining the accounts it does show uh -huh. like his shoes in the suit and his the pants are definitely too short ah yeah, huh. but, yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. a good movie it is. It's really good to watch it. Rita Hayworth. Woods? Wasn't Do you she remember the one on the poster? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was like three or four different Yeah, three different. Through, yeah. But I think she was the last one. Um, When's the last time you watched it? Do you remember? Like you said, it's a long movie. So every time I look at it to watch, I'm like, yeah. I got to <laughs> commit three <laughs> so that's hours. To time commitment for that. For that type of movie, too. Not yeah, like you're waiting on an action movie. scene or anything. Mm -hmm. Now, so I want to uh, four years, maybe sometime during COVID, possibly because you know that, that was a rough time. <laughs> <laughs> that was a rough time. I put on Shawshank just yeah. to feel something. <laughs> <laughs> just needed to feel something. I just needed to feel something. <laughs> yeah. I just needed Morgan Freeman to narrate for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, just to yeah. feel it. Just to hear his voice. Yeah, yeah. Some people, you know like always not this movie in particular, but you know, criticize movie that movies that lean really heavily on narration. Mm -hmm. You're just like, Oh, it's just lazy. It's just lazy storytelling. But for some things it fits. And mm -hmm. this is one that for sure, especially because it's so pleasant to listen to Morgan Freeman. Like it, it works. Why fight it? Yeah. 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 People. Yeah. 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 Whenever I hear credits like that. Yeah. No. Yeah. So going back uh -huh. to the the narration and like film critics and everyone talking about how narration takes away from a movie or it's not it's not true cinema, you know, yeah. if you hear narration. Like you right. have you have two hours with people, with your audience. Yeah, yeah. That's it. It's all you have. And some movies you're gonna ruin the pace, like a slow burn like this. Mm -hmm. If you try and show everything, you try and show what everyone's feeling at any given moment when you can do two things at once by have someone talk about how they're thinking about it and also right. show, you know, what's going on. Yeah. So I don't, I don't understand people and their, their need yeah. to cling to this idea. <laughs> like <laughs> it's fine. With worse than movie, worse than movie. Doesn't, doesn't, yeah. you know, whatever. Especially if it's narration from a character. Yeah. Who's telling a story because yeah, that's the best kind of narration. Yes. Opinion. Because like, that's what a lot of movies are. It's, you're trying to tell a story. You're a storyteller. You're doing it through imagery and sound and effects and whatever yeah. the case is. But in its purest form, it's like sitting around the fires as Neanderthals yeah. telling about my hunt today. Yeah. Red is telling the audience about his experience with Andy. Mm -hmm. And so he is narrating this story that he's recounting for you. I'll, I'll admit if it was like an omniscient narrator, yeah, it would need to be like uh, 
I don't know, a funny movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, agreed. Like Arrested Development in the way that they talk about <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> uh, but yeah. No, I agree. It would be totally different. But since it's, especially for this movie, it's coming from one of the characters and yes. it's coming in a way like I'm telling you this story about this man who became my friend and mm-hmm. gave me hope back because Red. Yeah, started to become institutionalized like Brooks was and he yes. has lost hope. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an example of when Red kind of like had lost hope on his last parole hearing. Uh, here's a little tidbit. There's not a day goes by I don't feel regret. Not because I'm in here, because you think I should. I look back on the way I was then. A young stupid kid who committed that terrible crime i want to talk to him i want to try to talk some sense to him tell him the way things are but i can't that kid's long gone this old man is all that's left i gotta live with that rehabilitated it's just a bullshit word so you go on and stamp your form sonny and stop wasting my time because to tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. All right. <laughs> so you got to go watch <laughs> The Shawshank Redemption. The Shawshank Redemption. Um, yeah. Yeah. My first question is, did it feel as long as you were anticipating? No. No. Actually. Did you just... Uh, that was one of the first things I checked. Was like, how long is this? It's only two hours and 22 minutes. Hmm. Uh, and my description of him going into solitary after, like right before that guy is killed. Yes. He's two months there. Yeah. Talks to Red, says better like get busy living or get busy dying. Mm-hmm. And that's the night he yes. disappears. Yes. It's like right after he comes out of it. Yep. And there's a... So. Um, like you mentioned solitary once before and like he goes into it twice. Uh, he did it once for the record. Yeah. And it was like two weeks or something like that and yeah. they, or one week. And they're like, Oh, one week is like a year in here and things like that. And it's like, no, I had the music. Yeah, exactly. They, they can't, can't take that away from me. Can't take that. It's like, it's something that they can't touch. And that's when they have that hope conversation at the table. Yeah. Hope is a dangerous thing in here. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you could end up like Brooks. Like he basically says that to Red. That he does him off. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, he's not wrong, which is why it hurts so much. <laughs> um, but the second time he's in there a month and mm-hmm. then the, the warden comes in and tells him. Yeah. Another like, month. Yeah. Your friend. Didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. Terrible accident. Yep. Yeah. And he mentioned maybe it was because I'm too obtuse or something. I don't remember what that was. Yeah. About. Yeah. Yeah. It's because and, he insults him. Yeah. By calling him obtuse, and then when he kneels down, he's like, "Do you understand me? Yeah. Or am I being obtuse?" Yeah. And then uh, he says, "Let you be in here another month." Yeah. Two and it's months. Yeah. And it's crazy. Uh, it's those two things. It's him doing that to him and ordering the kill of that guy, and then it's the chief security officer that kills the kid, um, the man, um, captain of the guards. Yeah, yeah, the captain. Uh, it's those two actions in the movie that make me really not like them. Because like throughout the rest of the movie, they're violent, but there's these moments of like they're okay. They beat up. Uh, what's his name? The oh, uh, Boggs. The Boggs. Yeah. yeah, they beat up Boggs, and he's doing them favors. So like he's doing something nice for the prison. Like there's all these things going for it where it doesn't seem like it's such aside from you being in prison. It doesn't seem like it's like a nightmare to be there until like, Oh yeah, these people are willing to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I, you lose all sympathy or possible <laughs> liking for the yeah, characters. Like, yeah. Like they don't have any of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so what did you, uh, what'd you think? Yeah. <laughs> what did I think? Did it, 
That's a load. So, so watching through it this time, do you feel like it uh, is going to be one of those movies that you watch a little more often because you found you enjoyed it more? Oh, or I'll, I'll one of those that you'll to push watch off? This. No, I'm not going to push this off. I, I tend to watch this like, what was it? couple years ago that i watched Mm -hmm. this but i tend to try and watch it at least maybe once every other year yeah because it is it's a heavy movie it is a prison movie and i mean there is hope in it but there's also like Mm -hmm. man i was watching this and i was i don't want to say it on a recording but i'm going to (laughs) (laughs) you can relate this feeling with basically any situation in anyone's lives where they're stuck somewhere for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. He's talking about being institutionalized. Like you have one idea of something like you're an idealist and you know, you have all this hope about doing things the right way or right. blah, blah, blah. And eventually you start thinking like everyone else and it's a terrible thought, but it's just like this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree with you because yeah. you can you can apply that principle, that yeah. that that syndrome. Yeah, you're right to anything. Your job. Exactly. Like at, at first you enjoy it, um, but then you feel burnt out, stuck, yeah. and then you tell yourself, "Well, I'm stuck. I got to figure out a good way to get out of here." But then the more you think about getting out of there the more you're afraid of the possibility of what's out there. So then you exactly. start to get used to the idea of just, well, I'll just deal with it. Mm-hmm. This is my reality. Yeah. And you see people that have been there a long time and you're like, how can they like deal with this? How is it that, you know, they're able mm-hmm. to handle all these situations right. and then you find yourself acting like them eventually. Yeah. Yeah. That's this movie. It's it is. that. Yeah. yeah. But Andy you're- Dufresne, he holds on to that hope. Yeah, he holds on to it. And it helps that he was innocent. Like, they all kind of, once they find out about um, that guy learning learning from him, I can't remember his name um, now, but when he came to the prison, they all found out, like, wait, so they're sitting at the lunch table, and they go, oh, wait, so you're saying that Andy really is, is innocent and he didn't commit the crime? They're like, yeah, it looks that way. And they're like, holy shit. Like, yeah. you just have this major realization that this person's been putting up with it. He's been stuck here, um, dealing with all of this, and he was innocent. And somehow mm-hmm. he's not broken. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So who? Because uh, this is a movie with a lot of characters, and it really focuses on obviously Red and Andy. But uh, do you have like a favorite character? Obviously, Red. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I mean, I love Red. Yeah. It's Murdered Freeman. This is, I would say this is his best movie. Like, where Morgan Freeman is truly Morgan Freeman. Because you can tell that uh, directors after this movie are like, hey, I want you to be, basically, I want you to be Red. <laughs> right. <laughs> From Shawshank. Yeah. You know, like, how many how many other movies does he narrate as a character? I feel like that. Oh, so much. Yeah, I want to look yeah. that up. Yeah. So, yeah. The only, the only other movie that I like can think of, not necessarily with narration, but this is like a seven. It's, just, it's not like a normal Morgan Freeman movie. And so when you see him on the screen, like you, I like him. Like you're just oh, like yeah. watching him on the screen. Yeah. 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 That's, that's why he was in the, um, like Along Came a Spider and uh, Kiss the mm. Girls. Yeah. 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 He's good at that. He has a persona. Right. Yeah. Um, do you think we always ask this question for most of these things? And I, I thought about it as I was watching it. Do you think they could remake this movie? Because it is a book, you know, so it's like it can be they could just do a new adaptation with new actors and stuff like that. Do you think if they could do it? No, no, no. They would have to make a whole new story. Oh, you think so? Yeah, the time frame that this happens, you know, it's from like 49 to 64 or something like that. Um, Like, why would you remake it? It's, Mm -hmm. I don't see anything that you could improve upon. Yeah. 
you know? I was thinking about it as I was watching it, the music. Oh, the music a lot. So good. Just, just the piano. Yeah. Somber. Just, mm-hmm. It's it's one of those movies or the the score very rarely has any upbeat tone. Mm-hmm. Even during the upbeat scenes, you know, they're brief and everything, but the tone isn't that like whimsical. It's just slightly lighthearted. And then the rest of it is just so somber because, I mean, the whole movie is. But it, yeah. I think it adds that feeling of dread when you're watching it. That's what I really loved. The tone. The tone mm-hmm. was so consistent through this movie. Like, imagine anyone trying to make it seem like, like you said, dread, mm-hmm. hope, and just like humor. The way yeah. that they made it so cohesive even at the end after he's out and he goes to the tree and then he goes to the beach yeah you still have that feeling of like Mm. yeah like relief but also appreciation just all Mm -hmm. these feelings you get yeah you get a lot of emotions from this movie i particularly like the score during the escape scene yeah as As he's crawling yeah um because it's not too triumphant even though it's a triumphant moment it's not too triumphant. It is. It's still like you said. It's the tone makes you feel like what he just had to do. He had to crawl through five hundred yards of shit. It's he, like a combination of bittersweet and grief, mm-hmm. also with like I don't know. Success isn't the word. It reminds me of the music from A Beautiful Mind during yeah. the scenes where he's like chased when by he's his being, yes uh, by the FBI or the FBI in his head. During those scenes, that definitely reminds me of that music. You had to say it. Now I got to look. You got to see if it's the same composer. <laughs> oh, man. Thomas Newman. It might be the same guy. It might be. Because <laughs> I just thought of that. I was like, where else did I hear that kind of score from uh, him escaping that night? And I know I've heard him in other stuff. Yeah. Thomas Newman. Yeah. Uh, Green Mile. Oh, I guess that makes, that makes sense. And American Beauty. I totally hear American Beauty. Uh, American Beauty for sure. Absolutely. Um, there was a uh, uh, little tidbit on IMDb um, with like the trivia where at one point there was a large consideration of an entirely different cast than the one that ended up being chosen. Like Tom for Hanks him. was like the front runner that they really wanted for Andy. Uh, but I think he was committed to something else or something like that. And so he passed on it. And so then it went to Tim Robbins and same thing. I, I can't remember who they wanted for red, um, but then it became Morgan Freeman. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Sure. It'd be hard to think of anybody else in the roles, even though, like I said, Tim Robbins is kind of like, uh, not overwhelming. In I this think movie that's, to me. I think that's why I like, Tim Robbins instead of Hank or mm-hmm. Hanks is I don't know how to describe that. It's a, I'm um, not saying I don't like him in the movie, but yeah. Yeah, because I'm trying to imagine Tom Hanks in the role and yeah. like it would be good, but it would be good in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know? Tim, Tim Robbins, Robbins you have more sympathy for. Like even yeah. his look, you're like, oh man, he's yeah. this tender looking dude yeah. in this situation. I think he fits the role and he's subdued enough in the role because if it was Tom Hanks, you'd just see Tom Hanks on the screen. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I don't really see Tim Robbins necessarily. I see Andy Dufresne. Yeah. So, yeah. Really good. Yeah. So, I mean, we talked a little bit about the movie. Um, so what do you, what did you recognize that you missed? I was thinking about that and, uh, because I mean, I could, you got the major plot points. I but. did. I got all the major stuff, and I was watching it. And I was like, I don't know what I would say about what I missed. Like, mm-hmm. I did, I didn't draw it out as far as the descriptions. I wasn't very descriptive about it, but yeah. I did kind of get all of the scenes. Yeah, you got the major the beginning. Plot the beginning, I was wrong about the glossing over the crime scene. It wasn't mm-hmm. that. It was him outside in the in his truck or car drinking and looking at his gun. Yeah, while the court while they were hearing inside, yeah, yeah. Um, his 
wife and the golfer, the pro golfer. Yes. Were inside fornicating. And they even point out that they don't have any actual evidence. No bullets uh, to match his gun, no gun uh-huh. to match the bullets. And then they, what, what that's funny is they said that I was watching and they mm-hmm. said that with the subtitles. I said there were 38 caliber bullets found in the bodies of both victims. Yes. We don't have your gun to match those bullets. Yep. And then right after that, he said, we found bullets in the car. We found like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> like there were bullets strewn on the ground. I'm not ground. sure how good ballistics was at the time to but yeah. see like the striations and the bullets going through the chamber of right. the gun. But, but they, I mean, it's like when you're listening to it, you're like, well, they have like no evidence. It's all circumstantial and they don't have a witness. Um, but then the judge says, like, as you're standing there, I find you like cold yeah. and calculating. <laughs> and so I recommend the maximum sentence. Like, it's just because he seemed very unemotional. He's quiet. Yeah. yeah. He's a quiet so, guy. Doesn't talk much. Right. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I, I knew as you were recalling the movie, you did ha- like, you missed a bunch of like the small details, like you said, the drawn out portions of the scenes, but now I can't think of like all the little stuff. <laughs> yeah. Cause as you were telling it, you, you like jump back. You're like, Oh yeah, it was the rock hammer. That was the first thing he asked yeah. for. You know, he started remembering those little things. Yeah. 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 Just, uh, I'd almost rather not describe every little detail in this movie. This is a movie that you have to watch and you have to watch all the way through. Yeah. And you can't complain about the slow pace. You just got to get through mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It really starts as Boggs. Um, Boggs is the antagonist. Yeah. First. It starts as Boggs and then narration becomes- that says, you know, that's how it went for a few years for Andy mm-hmm. until one day the job comes up. And then the job shortly after that, because he helped him, (laughs) that guy beats up Boggs. Then he's introduced to the warden. And then briefly, there's like, you know, some of the guards come to him to try and get some like, I want a trust fund set up Mm -hmm. for my son. So I can get into college, blah, blah. Yeah. There's a montage of that year. He helped some of the guards. The next year, he helped all of the guards. The year after that, they scheduled the in a intramural softball league around tax season so that he can help <laughs> all the guards in the intramural league. Yeah. 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 And, uh, then they toss the cells and that's the first time the warden saw him because he yep. was sizing him up and then and actually went to meet him. For him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like we're, we've been saying like, they're just not a lot of major turning points in the plot. But in between, it's just a lot of the daily life. Yeah. How did we get to that point? And it's very long, drawn out scenes. But because of that, you feel very invested in the characters' well-beings and the time passing by. Like they let you know it's like five years here, six years here. Mm-hmm. Um, Red's gone through two parole hearings by the end of it. So that's 20 years. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. <laughs> I liked uh, everything with Brooks. So sad. Everything with Red. I loved uh, that guy as Captain the Guard. Uh, he was in Highlander. Yeah. Yeah. He was the villain in Highlander. <laughs> loved it. Yeah. Uh, Something Clancy, right? Clancy Brown. Yeah. Clancy Brown. Yeah. Yeah, I always like him. I like his voice. I like his look. Right. Like he does... Uh, He's what's his face from SpongeBob, Mr. Krabs. I never watched SpongeBob. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no. Join the rest of the planet. That was after my time. I guess I don't know. Oh, it was during your time. We're not that no. far apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you can watch SpongeBob as an adult. It's one of those no, movies, no. Or, uh, shows that's well written. <laughs> but he does Mr. Krabs' voice. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Really? Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. I can see Brown. Yeah, I think he does a couple other cartoon characters. Like he does some voice acting, for sure. Yeah. Any Hoozle. Um, like I said, we we talked when we just jumped right into all the things that were 
notice about Shawshank, but did you actually take any notes? Did, was there anything that stood out that you wanted I to mention? Take any notes. <laughs> I was I was thinking about it, but then I watched the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it, no. It's one of those. I found myself. It's one of those movies where we mentioned it. I checked the time a couple times towards the end of the movie, where I was like, "How much longer does this have?" I you know I forget all those scenes mm-hmm. towards the end, but it's one of those movies where like you don't blink. It's yeah. pretty engaging. Like once you're watching it, you're drawn in and you're invested. I think I remember the first time I ever watched it. Um, I almost didn't keep watching it because of Boggs. I was like, Ugh. and they're not even that. The scenes aren't even that bad. No, they're not. It was just I had, I, you know, any prison movie mm-hmm. usually touches on that. And I was like, I don't, this is going to be more of the same. I didn't want to like just keep watching that. Yeah. And but no, it wasn't that long at all. And that was over. Yeah. So like they could have been. I have no idea how well it's described in the books, but I mean, obviously they could have been more visceral. And yeah. 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 But, you know, it was always like a slow pan away, a cut away. Yeah. So it was not American History X. That's for no. sure. <laughs> yeah um but yeah this is a good movie and i was always i was always surprised that stephen king wrote it like it just didn't make any sense yeah, to me it just doesn't make sense uh, that's why i re- I do kind of want to read it because i want to see um if there's there's something about the book there's something that just is like oh yeah that's why he wrote it it, it fits with him like i want to see how it's written and if there's other details that are left out of the movie or something like that, that just were just missing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd like to see. Cause like the green mile, there's a supernatural aspect to it. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> there's not really anything supernatural in this movie. So it makes me wonder if they just left it out and it's in the book. Sure. Yeah. I don't know either. Yeah. I know that he has Shawshank mentioned in several of his book books, mm-hmm. like as a prison. Yeah, it's like oh, he went. He was over at Shawshank. Like almost every, like uh, Storm of the Century, I think mentions Shawshank Prison, mm. and so does uh, Dolores Claiborne. They mention Shawshank. Um, some yeah. other stuff. You know, so many more of his books than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are movies too. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, but yeah, he's written a bunch. It's crazy. And so many of them become adaptations. Yep. And then yeah. the newest or most recent generation has no idea who Stephen King is. And that just blows my mind. Yeah. Every single time. <laughs> <laughs> they might know some of the movies because they get keep getting redone. Like, right. They'll make it again. And, you know, they'll make all these different movies. They'll make The Mist and. Um, They're afraid uh, to touch The Shining. But Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they'll Eventually. make all these things again. I doubt they'll make... Sl- it was it not Slither. What's the name of the movie? Dreamcatcher. Uh, no, they won't make Dreamcatcher again. <laughs> no. Hey, but that, he was on something when he made yeah. that. <laughs> Morgan Freeman was in Thank that, you. right? He yeah. was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Just that movie the- is so weird, and I, I've never read the books, and maybe the book would make more sense. He it's tried. Like, it's like two different movies going on is. in the same movie. It's it and whatever else it is. <laughs> yeah. It's like there were like two different plot lines and they don't even converge. It's like you're just oh. following two different things through the but whole thing. It it's feels so like the same group of kids. They were all friends early on. Yeah. They all grow up and they go to this cabin together and that's and it, it. That's the it, plot yeah. of it. Right. And then uh, the alien stuff. Yeah, the alien stuff just all like, yeah. Anyway, is super wacky, and I don't know. And the creature, <laughs> the creatures like in the movie, like it's not. Yeah, the, I don't know. They just look look like giant the poop leeches. monsters. Yeah, it's just weird. Yeah. I think I think it was because he was like on opioids and he was he was getting constipated. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he like is like you know what I'm gonna make an alien about poop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it had what's his name? The dude from uh, Band of Brothers. I always forget his name. The redhead. Oh yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway, yeah. That's Shawshank. But I was gonna, <laughs> so last thing. So do you remember anything else like that kind of stood out that you for sure wanted to mention um, about this movie that people mm-hmm. should know? Not off the top of my head. No. Just uh, if you don't know who Frank Darabont is, he hasn't done many movies. He's really just done this, Green Mile, The Mist, and he developed The Walking Dead. Yeah. He was also part of uh, The Adventures of Young Indiana Jones. Interesting. <laughs> but, yeah. Does a good job. He does, and I'm surprised he doesn't have more work. I haven't watched The Green Mile in a while, and it's not because I, I'm, like, afraid to. I just always... I saw it a few times, like, whenever it came out and, like, shortly afterward. But the supernatural aspect of it does make me not like it as much for some reason. There's something about it. Uh, I like it because it's not... The supernatural aspect isn't necessarily um, like you, you take like a superhero movie and you take any kind of like power that anyone has and there's no like detriment to them. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this movie it's or in Green Mile, it's more like it's it's balanced. Mm-hmm. There's good and bad with it. Like what's his face lives until he's 100 something. Yeah. And he's afraid that he won't die. <laughs> Yeah, because that mouse has been alive. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's Stephen King in that way. You know, he makes yeah. the horror aspects of it, but mm. the rest, the rest of it, because the cast is so good and Tom Hanks is so yeah. good in it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just a, that's otherwise it's a great movie that way. I didn't know the sponge was supposed to be wet. Yeah, gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Now I kind of want to watch it. <laughs> I mean, it's literally probably been 10, 10 years or more since I've watched it. It's been a long time. That's another yeah. one that came out like what? End of 90s? It was 2000 something. Or very early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. 2001, 2002, maybe. Oh, it's no. It was 99. Okay. Yeah. End of That's 90s. Wrong. Gosh, yeah. So it's been 24 years, 25 years. <laughs> Shawshank was 94. Yeah, 94. Whew. Whew. I don't think there's a... Uh, I mean, obviously, I didn't make any notes, but I did watch it like right before we recorded. But yeah, I don't really have anything else for it. It's just a impactful, emotional movie that you can watch and your mind can race. And like you said, you can think about how you would feel in those situations it's important to note this movie is rated number one on imdb number one when you look up perfect movie lists like when people make reference they make videos and all sorts of stuff and articles about perfect movies Mm -hmm. this is always on the list it's always in like the top five where they say it's a perfect movie yep yeah it may not be in like everyone's top five favorite or best movies ever, but it's definitely when you just Google a perfect movie list, it'll be on there. Yeah, 2.9 million rated it like 10 out of 10. It's yeah. 9.3 on IMDb and the one right below it's Godfather, which is 9.2. And then mm-hmm. the next one is The Dark Knight, which is 9.0. Yeah, which everybody loved. But yeah, yeah. you really, it's hard to fault anything in Shawshank Redemption. We talked about like, oh, it might feel long and stuff like that, but you pointed out it's for a very specific reason why the scenes are so drawn out. Yeah. So you really can't fault it for anything. No. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And we even said in the first half, you couldn't leave anything on the editing floor. You could cut out a lot of the filler and it would still tell the story, but it wouldn't be the same movie and you wouldn't feel the same. So, Mm-mm. yeah, yeah. No, you could easily edit out 25 plus minutes of this movie for sure. All right. Well, anything, any last thing? Any last words? 
No. Uh, well, then that's it for the Shawshank Redemption. Um, you know, we don't do a lot of dramas. And I like when we do because we do end up doing being a bit more not analytical, but that's probably the best way to say it. Like we do read into the movie a lot more because mm-hmm. there's a lot more substance, right? It's not like you can't make a comedy with substance and action movie with substance, but blah, blah, blah. But like with the drama, that's the whole purpose, right? It's meant for you to feel what the characters are feeling, go through what the characters are going through. So I do like doing these episodes, but sometimes they are difficult to do the comedies slapstick comedies and then the dramas because yeah. and luckily this one didn't have like a crazy amount of plot points but it's not it like is, the departed <laughs> it is funny to like think about how we recall each one though because yeah. the comedies want to recall the jokes the action movies were like yeah well the action scenes this this and this happened and then the drama is it's more of a thought piece like yes what'd you come away with yeah what'd you feel so. when you're watching it yeah yeah and this movie makes you feel so everybody that's listening to this. If you want to go feel something, go watch Shawshank Redemption. I really hope it's not one of those movies that falls off of the radar of the newer generations. I hope it always stays on the top of lists and people keep bringing it up so people can keep watching it. But yeah, go find it on whatever streaming service you can and go enjoy this movie um, and tell us about it. You can send us an email at moviememorypodcast at gmail.com. You can also go to linktree.com backslash movie memories podcast and see all the ways that you can listen to the podcast, share it, like it, um, and all the ways you can follow us on social media. So other than that, um, what is it, Jeff, that they uh, used to say about movie memories podcast? See, it has no memory. That's where I want to live the rest of my life. Warm place with no memory.